This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. It is kind of a preview day as you got the Rangers taking on the Leafs, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. I think I heard Al's brother talk about it, looking more at the under. That seems to make sense. Raptors taking on Sacramento. Uh, I got a couple bets there, That uh, one that I really like, which kind of makes me nervous. Also, Josh Lewenberg uh, wrote in his piece, according to leak source, uh, to a leak source with familiarity of the situation in Toronto, the sense is that Ujiri's looking for any reason he can find to keep the core of Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes together and not the other way around. Well, the seven-game West Coast road swing that spans 12 days, at the end of it, we'll learn a lot more where Ujiri is at. But before we continue in the world of sports, uh, I tweeted out about it. And uh, before I bring on producer Josh, producer Nick McVicker, um, would you like to start with us making fun of my producer today for his lack of Al Pacino knowledge? Absolutely, Maddie. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. But you, you tee yes. it up, and I'll get into why it's even worse. Okay, so my uh, power was at my building for about two hours, just routine maintenance. And so I bellow out the line, I'm in the dark here, which, of course, is said by Al Pacino when he finally won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman. I made a grave mistake by asking producer Josh, do you get that reference? No, it's from Scent of a Woman. What's that? It's a movie. With who? Al Pacino. At that point, I asked Josh, and again, I should have done this, name one movie with Al Pacino in it. His answer was Goodfellas, making that even worse. Side note, he has not seen Goodfellas. That is true. That is, that is right. How do you feel? I have not John? seen Goodfellas. I can totally own up to that. Uh, caught me a choice. little off guard with the first uh-huh. quote. I did not know uh-huh. who it was. That's fine. Uh, not taken away fine. from how influential yeah. and how incredible Al Pacino is as an actor. Yeah. But, really influenced you. <laughs> I have not seen um, probably half of the movies he's in. Maybe even 75, 75% or maybe all of them. But, but said, here's the yeah, best yeah. part, Go, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Is that after you jumped off, me and, uh-huh. me and Josh were talking, and he admitted to me that he has seen Godfather Part 1, and yet he yes. still said... Goodfellas as his original answer. Still said Goodfellas. Oh, God. So it was more of a throwout guess. I'm going to get flamed. I'm going to get bashed by everybody listening right now because the consensus of uh, my age watching these type of movies is next to none, possibly. Or maybe maybe they've all seen it and I'm just out in the dust here. But um, when you asked the question, I, I truthfully said it. I wasn't trying to 
uh, beat around the bush. So oh, I no, own hold up on, to wait, it. Wait, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Well, first off, I know you were being honest about it. That was your first mistake. Don't be honest. Um, go with uh, be uh, channel your inner Gary Bettman. Uh, that that's your first that's your first mistake. Also, the fact you didn't get the quote that's fine. I get it. But when you ask, name just just one, not like name a movie that Al Pacino was in that was nominated for Best Picture. Like I didn't even ask it like that. I just said name <laughs> anyone, name anyone, and you, and the one you came up with was incorrect, and a movie you haven't seen that is also a classic. So now the city of Toronto knows I have not watched these yeah. type of movies. No, not, no. not even close. <laughs> by the way, by the way, hold on. Not these type of movies. 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 Al Pacino has got a wide range. So he absolutely does. It's, it's all movies. Maddie, yeah. Maddie, yeah. you recruit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. House of Gucci, Irishman, like, mm-hmm. it was yep. off the top of my head because Goodfellas has some incredible actors in that movie, how, so I thought he was part of the How would you uh, know that? Part how of the <laughs> How many actors from Goodfell? Okay, no, I don't even know if I want to do De Niro, we Pesci, Leona, and I thought but right. this is this is right. bad. Let's 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 move on. <laughs> let's let's move on to the world of sports. Before we get to the opening thought, I think the only person more rageful than me is maybe LeBron James. LeBron James is so close to breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record for points, and it won't matter. He's he's he trails him by 177 points. He hit a career high nine three pointers last night. He scored 46 points against the Clippers, and the Clippers beat the Lakers by uh, by like nearly by 18 points. Yeah. And LeBron James scored 46. It is just a such a waste. of So first, I got hit by not knowing Al Pacino movies, and second, I took yeah. the under thirty-two and a half. He has not hit the line against the Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> since twenty seventeen in all of these matchups. They've kept him under, and the Clippers won yeah. their tenth straight game in the Tyron Lue era against yeah. the Lakers. So I'm like, oh well, let's go oh. against the book and yeah, let's take the under. Take the under thirty-two and a half. Well. Shoots the lights out from three, 46 points, and becomes the only player in NBA history to score 40 points against every NBA team. And also the first time in his 20-year career that he scored at least 40 against the Clippers. That's what we call in the business a bad beat. A reminder. This show is, of course, as always, brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Let's get to it. Let's get to my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I am careful about labeling someone a liar, because that is a serious accusation. Now, we all lie from time to time, mostly white lies, often just to ourselves. I looked at my doctor right in the face, and I said, oh, yeah, maybe maybe four to five drinks a week, my normal alcohol consumption. I've told my dentist, yes, I do floss twice a day. Please don't look at my mouth. Some days I look in the mirror and I say, today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to start every morning by doing 100 push-ups. Moments later, I'm debating between butter or cream cheese on my bagel. Why not both? 
So I'm not calling Gary Bettman a liar when during his impromptu press conference before the Bruins-Canadians game, by the way, is Boston ever going to lose? The commissioner said with a straight face that nobody tanks. In fact, uh, uh, let's hear. Here Here is Gary Bettman, Jerry, talking about the fact that tanking, that doesn't happen in our league. Nobody tanks because we have a weighted lottery, and oh. you're, you're not you're not you're not going to lose games to increase your odds by a couple of percentage points. That's silly. And frankly, suggesting tanking, I believe, uh, is inconsistent with the professionalism that our yes. players and our coaches have. Nobody tanks. Our players and our coaches do their best to win. And again. Just because you may finish with the worst record in the league, you've got something like a 75% chance that you're not going to get the first pick. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go through all of that. So let's just say, for this conversation, the commissioner was being wildly intellectually dishonest with that claim. I'm not calling him a liar. Nobody tanks because we have a weighted lottery. He's he, he, he's uh, he's true. He's correct. There is a weighted lottery. Also true is that 25% chance of getting Connor Bedard is better than having a 1% chance of getting the Regina Pat star. So when Gary says you're not going to lose games to increase your odds by a couple percentage points, that's silly. No, Gary, you're silly for trying to sell us this. I believe Lyle Landley and his claim that a monorail is just what our city needs. I think, I think that makes more sense than Gary Bettman's ridiculous notion that he is trying to he is trying to sell. But you see Gary's clever here. He throws out that line, oh, suggesting tanking, that's inconsistent with the professionalism of our players and our coaches here. Now see that is smart. Because you know what the commission's doing? He's turning it on us, the evil media, and you the dumb sports fan how dare we question the integrity of these proud warriors, these heroes that are NHL players? Because, of course, he's right. He's 100% right. Look how emotional Bruce Boudreaux was days before getting fired. He wanted to stay. He wanted to win. And you know what, Gary? I'm going to help you out. The next time you go full Pinocchio on the issue of tanking, just remind everyone that Blake Wheeler suffered a ruptured testicle in the middle of a game, and he kept playing. Of course, the players aren't trying to tank. Here's the thing, Gary. No one has said that. No one has ever accused a player or a coach of trying to tank. You know it. We know it. But you see, you use that straw man argument that we that we did, in fact, make that claim. Ah, you're a clever one, Gary. You're being dishonest in this case. But no one says you're dumb even when you sound it. I'd be curious to see your actual honest thoughts on the Chicago Blackhawks when they traded 24-year-old, 40-goal scorer Alex Dabrinkat to Ottawa for draft picks. That sure felt like a win-now move, didn't it? Oh, wait a minute. They're tanking. Anaheim, Columbus, Chicago, Arizona. They're all like 20 points out of a playoff spot. San Jose is not that far off as well. I mean, wow, Gary, imagine five teams all trying to win every day, all being so bad at the same time. What bad luck. We all know it's the owners and the GMs. Every sports fan knows it. And you know, Gary knows that we know. We all know that each other knows. The difference is we're honest enough to admit it. 
I mean, even Adam Silver admits tanking happens. You know, after those videos came out showing how great Victor Wembanyama looked, the commissioner admitted that the league actually thought about introducing relegation in order to prevent teams from tanking. He admitted this. I mean, even Pope Francis said in an interview that being homosexual isn't a crime. If he could say that out loud, I think you could say what we all know. Okay, all right. Is is that a wee bit of an extreme example that I have just used? Yes, it is. I swear, I just thought of that line now and not at 9.27 a.m. when I read the article about the Pope. See? Again, we all do white lies. I just did one now. Yes, it's tough to admit to season ticket holders that their team is not trying to win. But as a sports fan, we understand the deal. We all watched the Maple Leafs in 2015-16. We watched them stink. P.A. Parento led the team with 20 goals. But it got us Austin Matthews, who led the NHL last year with 60 goals. It's a dirty business. It often stinks. Look how hard it is right now to be a Raptors fan. I wish there was a proper and fair alternative, but there isn't. So to Jerry, if the rest of us can admit it, so can you. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. What a fool. Oh, no, yeah, you know, 75% chance you're not going to get the number one pick. Yeah, well, 25% chance you are, which is a lot better than... Uh, Say, uh, uh, okay, look at the, the Florida Panthers. They lose last night, like 7-6 of the Penguins. They're one point or two points out of a playoff spot behind behind Pittsburgh. You're telling me at the end of the like, uh, like that's a team that doesn't have a chance to get Connor Bedard. But you know who does? The teams that are tanking. That is true. We were speaking about this earlier on, Matt, and I, I agree with you to an extent. I did some okay, digging. Okay, what part do you disagree? Uh... I disagree in the sense that tanking is evident. It is very much seen throughout the NHL, but no one really wants to talk about it. Oh, Blackhawks, 100%. You're telling me after these couple of years they're falling this hard with some awesome players on that roster? But I did some digging. Last season, Yurek Slavkovsky goes number one overall. Montreal, last in the league. Year before that, Owen Power to the Buffalo Sabres, last in the league. And then with the shake of year of Alexi Lafreniere, then year before that, New Jersey Devils, 26th in the league yeah. to get Jack yeah, Hughes. they got lucky. They got yeah. lucky. So you can tell where Gary Bettman's rationale is, saying, we do have the graded system, but you have to... He's not going to admit it, obviously, because that's, that's just not going to happen. But to say there's no tanking at all, or see there's no downplaying the opponent at all, is, is odd and bizarre. It's wrong. It's and a it's, lie. It's probably just it, wrong. No, it is. It is. It is a lie. But the, see, the the, the 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 I get why he's doing it because again, he's like, ah, I don't want to. You know, I got to be got to be good to our season ticket holders. You know, we don't get as much money in TV money as uh, as the other leagues. You know, we're more of a gate driven league. But what he's doing is when Gary says that, I don't care that he lies. It's it's part of his job. But he's being. He's almost being disrespectful to the sports fan, to you listeners out there, you know, because he's basically he's saying the most like the most inaccurate thing. And we all know it. And he knows we know it. But he won't just come out and treat the sports fan with adults. He's treating the sports fan like they're a bunch of dummies, like a bunch of rubes, like they don't know. Of course they know. 
My God, I mean, the sports sports fans have never been smarter yeah. than what they are now. And I understand if you go on Twitter, you can show me plenty of examples about how I'm wrong in saying that. But the sports fan has never been smarter. And, and the line Gary, that, yeah, sorry, Matt, yeah, yeah, the line that got the, that got all of us was it's inconsistent with the professionalism. So oh, no, how, how does just, that impact the league? No, no. See, all he's doing there is he's trying to he's praising the players. He's he's again that line there is going, how dare you, the media or the fan, accusing these players of tanking, accusing these young men who've worked their whole life to get into the NHL, and you're accusing them of being lazy, of being soft, of not caring, of being disrespectful, of being distrustful? Shame on you! I am here to protect the players. I am the human meat shield known as Gary Bettman. It is dishonest, it's intellectually and emotionally shaky, and I know exactly why he's doing it, creating fake arguments to make himself look good and make anyone who accuses the league of tanking look bad. Yeah, and you, you tell me these players at the bottom of the NHL right now, the Blackhawks of the world, the Ducks of the world, the Coyotes of the world, they want a chance at Connor Bedard. Like, there was a yes. there was the, the video that went out yesterday. Tibu Solani. Tibu Solani. Oh, in, oh wouldn't, wouldn't he look good here? What do you look good with the Ducks? In, yeah. in the Ducks locker room, putting yeah. it, putting his name already on the uh, the nameplates there. Yeah. So there's obviously talk, and there's obviously, like, future planning on, hey, if we ultimately land Connor Bedard or a top talent around the NHL, because there's many of them in this upcoming draft, where are we going from here? So, tanking might not be, like, the word, but there's definitely future planning. That's how I'll view it. The Blackhawks are tanking, and Gary Bettman doesn't want to treat sports fans like adults. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, uh, for the first time in years, Russell Westbrook gets praise from the media. I'll explain in a second right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. Today is Bell Let's Talk Day. Mental health is more important than ever, so let's keep talking. It's time to create positive change throughout the country. Just go to bell.ca slash let's talk. And a lot of the focus is about sharing your actions and then using the hashtag bell let's talk to help inspire others, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media uh, that you choose to use. And go out there and if you can, find mental health organizations and, and support if you can, or just learn about them. And then more importantly, as always, to just you know, listen, uh, if your friends or family feel like they're in trouble, don't be afraid to go and talk to them. And as I say, every year at this time is that we need, and we're getting there, but I always like it that if people treated going to a psychiatrist the exact same way you would treat going to a personal coach, whether it's, you know, at the gym, oh, what are you working on? I'm working on my cardio. And what are you doing after? I'm going to see a psychiatrist. I'm just working on some stuff with uh, with my mental side of things. Mental health, physical health should be considered, you know, should be considered more equal. So, Matt, yeah. you couldn't have said it better. Today and every day, we look forward to, to confronting the stigma and learning about um, speaking and sharing your ideas to move forward. And it's always, it's always positive and always great to yourself to speak to others about your mental health. Yeah, and also I think it's important to, to also do some specifics. So here is a specific. When I was working at Off the Record... There was the Raiders-Buccaneers Super Bowl. And before that Super Bowl, the, the center, I believe it was Barrett Robbins, uh, for the Raiders, 
went MIA, was not there, didn't show up, went missing. And when we heard about that story then, I was like, okay, this guy's let his team down. And then there were stories coming out that it was because just he had some sort of uh, breakdown, some sort of mental breakdown. That's how it was reported back in 2000. And my reaction, and had talking about it, ironically at the time, with Michael Landsberg and the crew of Off the Record, is this guy's got to suck it up. This guy's got to push that away and play. He is being a bad teammate. That is what 25-year-old virgin of me, that is how I consumed that story. That's what I said about that story. In 2023, a very different, I would have had a very different reaction and would have had a different outlook. So just a specific example of how I've changed over the years. And how has that happened? Ah, because we talk about it and you learn stuff and you change and you evolve. Yeah. Definitely going out there, and the change is the word. Choosing a mental health yeah. organization, asking yeah. others, nurturing your own, your own well-being, engaging yeah. conversations. There's so many ways that um, that myself and so many others around the world are going through, and the change and speaking to others is the utmost priority. So uh, today on Bella's Talk Day, we prioritize and we we talk about the importance, but it's every day, Matt. That it sh- that should be the that should be the motto. Absolutely. Um, awkwardly transitioning from that. We don't have a lot of time in this segment because we got Mike Gola Jr. is going to join us next. We'll talk all things football. But I love this. A, uh, the, the Lakers get embarrassed by the Clippers. But listen to the reporter uh, asking Mike, um, I was going to say Michael, uh, asking Russell Westbrook a question. This is the first time in ages someone from the media has praised Russell Westbrook. Uh, tonight, you use impressive dribbling skills to successfully uh, fake out your opponents multiple times. And um, in the second quarter, you made a jump shot where your body was turned like 180 degrees away from the basket. It was just an amazing shot. You're always making these spectacular moves with just within a split second. Um, do you anticipate doing them, or is it just a second nature to you? Like, do you just not even have to think about it? Um, you know. The way you explain it, you need to be around more often. <laughs> when was the last time a reporter was like, uh, you do all these awesome things, but normally it's, why do you keep shooting threes when you're literally the worst at doing that? <laughs> he must have been so confused. How confused was he been at that moment? Wait, wait, you saying something good about me? It's like, hold on, let me sit down for a moment. The video clip <laughs> of this uh, audio that we just played is so funny. Like his head, like, what? he's like, whoa. And his eyes yeah. pop out of his head, saying, "What is going on here? What is the? What are these compliments?" Yeah, she was uh, she was tuning his horn, and um, rightfully yeah. so. Recently, I, he's he's I, been you know he's what? been really good off the bench. No, he has really good off the bench, and I was happy for him. So good, you know. I mean, and, uh, by the way, all the criticism of him is right, and it is deserved, and it is accurate. Ah, but every now and then, throw someone a compliment. It's not the worst you can do. All right. <laughs> On the other side, we are going to have always love when Mike Gola Jr. joins the station, uh, and he will join us next. We'll get into the AFC-NFC championship game. And also I want to talk about the role of luck when it comes to dynasties. We'll do that next right here on Gameplay. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. I uh, would mostly 
recommend my next guest's podcast. It is the Go Joe Show podcast. It's easy to get. Also, it's just G-O-J-O. Type that in, and, and you'll find it. I've been listening today on uh, yesterday's episode on Stitcher, uh, and he's joining us now, former offensive lineman, Mike Golick, Jr. Mike, first, thanks for joining the show, but I didn't expect to hear sealing your lotioned body inside. I think you were talking about underwear or something on yesterday's show. I did not expect to hear that phrase. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert for today's episode, then, if you listen, we talk about how sexy the M&M uh, characters are that sell the M&Ms that are no longer the spokes candies for M&M. So it gets a little bit weird sometimes. We try and yeah. save that till the very end of the podcast after all the sports stuff for the people that are really dedicated to it, but occasionally it does leak into the beginning. So, uh, you know, uh, sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, as a Canadian, I like Smarties more than M&M's. And if it's going to be sexy, give me the brawny fella from the paper towel. He's got a, he's got like a plaid shirt. He's got an axe. He's got a beard. It's like he's he's chopping wood in the Quebec forest. The brawny guy is uh, that's that's my uh, that's my go to. The brawny paper towel guy is definitely up there. It, it, you know, little gray area because he's actually like a human character. Same goes for Mr. Clean, who obviously mm. has been stacked yeah. up big time in some of the Super Bowl ads recently. But I want to offer a sleeper up to you guys because I saw a Twitter thread about this. People are sleeping on the Jolly Green Giant. That guy oh, yeah. is big. Everyone's looking for a big boy right now during the cold winter months, and the Jolly Green Giant is ready and up to the task. Oh, 100%. Those abs kind of scare me. And because I'm tired, I'm tired on Sports Talk Radio where all we do is objectify men. Uh, the woman on the raisin box maybe gets some votes, but I hate raisins, especially on Halloween. So I think I'm going to have to disqualify her from this list. There, you know what? I appreciate you're a man of great taste who understands that yeah. while raisins, listen, I'm fine with raisins in regular life. On Halloween, they have no place. I either want something, like you said, something sweet, something juicy, or something covered in chocolate. Leave the race yeah. for another day. By the way, we will get to sports, but I'm not lying. Uh, my, I'm actually holding a Halloween arrow candy bar, but the Halloween-sized oh. little arrow candy bar that my girlfriend dropped off right before I started doing the show today. I'm literally holding a Halloween candy wrapper in my hand. See, you and I are kindred spirits because that's one of the greatest parts about being an adult around Halloween is especially if you're in the business of giving out candy. I made that switch a long time ago. And when you do that, you end up buying candy in bulk and have extras. And I kid you not, I have the same setup in my kitchen. We're up on the top shelf. I try and put it in there as far away as possible so I don't go there too often. I have a bag of the fun-sized peanut M&M bags in there. And so you go rip it off. It's like eight or ten M&Ms and a handful, but it's just enough to get you through the day. So great minds think alike. Joined by Mike Golick Jr. Check out the Gojo Show podcast for hot football talk like this. Um, I, I sort of wanted to go big picture with you for a second. I heard the quote from the Buffalo Bills general manager saying, we don't want to suck enough to be able to draft a Jamar Chase. I get what he was saying. Some people got angry, but it's Twitter. Everyone's always angry. But what I wanted to ask you about is how much do we forget about the role of luck? when we discuss dynasty teams or teams that are looking like they're heading that way. Because I think about Cincinnati. They had bad luck in 2020. Joe Burrow, as a rookie, tore his ACL and MCL. They go 2-4 and four down the stretch. But then 
They get lucky enough to get the fifth pick overall in the draft, and they take Jamar Chase. So the bad luck from the injury to Joe Burrow led to the luck of them getting Jamar Chase. Yeah, and listen, that's always been a part of the history of the NFL, right? I always go back to the Indianapolis Colts. They lose Peyton Manning for an entire season of that neck injury, and then they're so bad they're able to go out and draft Andrew Luck and begin what they thought was going to be the future of their franchise. Obviously, things with Andrew went a different way because of his own injuries, but it's that idea that, yes, you can never account for every outcome as an NFL front office. And so I think, in general, what the best teams do and what the best front offices do is they adjust to these situations and they are adaptable based on the resources available to them. If you look in the postseason this year, the poster child for that would be the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Howie Roseman in that front office, they win a Super Bowl in 2017 with different quarterbacks, a different head coach. They have to yard sale all of those guys. And then they're able to go back in, use the few pieces that are holdovers as sort of that foundation to build around and make really aggressive moves and really smart draft picks like Jalen Hurts in the second round to go and fill this out. So, yeah, it's a difficult task, but we consistently see the best front offices and thus the best teams in the NFL kind of able to adjust to that luck, good or bad. Yeah, and you also need to be lucky to have dumb, dumb GMs like the Titans to trade away A.J. Brown for a first-round pick. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Mike Golick Jr., but just JR. And Mike, if you check your Twitter account, you will see uh, a picture of a arrow and a Smarties. Uh, and by the way, those wrappers are because I've already consumed them. As a former offensive lineman, what did you see from the Bengals' supposed depleted offensive line? Because, I mean, to me, that was the thing that jumped out the most. Every time Mixon got the ball, he was getting like seven, eight yards. Yeah, I think that was the thing that stuck out most was they were always falling forward. They were always finding that little bit extra. They looked like the team that was way more built for the elements than a Buffalo team who prides themselves on that. Buffalo is a franchise, as a city. It's supposed to be blue-collar, we're used to the elements, and this is what we play in. Cincinnati came with a really smart game plan, though, in addition to that, because when you've got backups in on the offensive line, and I got my, you know, start my career at Notre Dame coming in as a backup off the bench when an injury happened, and it's so much easier to go forward and try and dish out pain and try and dish out blows in the run game than it is to have to back up and try and block these incredible athletes that these defensive lines are throwing at you. So that's number one is they were able to let those guys get downhill. They ran north and south in the snow, so the running backs didn't have to worry about trying to make cuts, trying to tiptoe so they wouldn't slip or fall in the snow. And then when it came time to pass, Joe Burrow helped them out like he has all year, like he has the last two years, getting the ball out of his hands quick. Joe Burrow didn't help win that game with big plays down the field. They weren't taking shots like Josh Allen and the Bills were. Joe Burrow won that game with remarkable restraint, understanding. I got three new guys in here up front. I can't put them in a bad position. So I'm going to get the ball out of my hand quick. I'm going to take the checkdowns that are there. We're going to build this plane out of short passes, quick passes, dinks and dunks, and we're going to live to fight the next down so I can get into the red zone and then make some of the lethal throws, then make some of the big plays here. So I thought from game plan to quarterbacking, and certainly those guys up front deserve credit for stepping up. It was a complete team effort from the Bengals' offense and getting those guys through that game. Oh yeah, I, I I I couldn't believe it. Just it was. Uh, I, I thought Cincinnati would cover. I didn't know. I didn't think they would win. And instead, they that's the worst uh, loss the Bills have had in basically a year and a half. As, as for their opponent, 
How much of this game comes down to the high ankle sprain of Patrick Mahomes? And if he doesn't have the mobility to extend plays, and I mean, they dominate on third and long conversion all year. Uh, to me, like, how big a story is this high ankle sprain? It's massive. It's massive. And I'm really fascinated to see how the Chiefs adjust with the benefit of the week's time to game plan. Because when you go back and look at when Patrick got hurt in the game against Jacksonville, yeah, he went out and they were able to bring in um, their backup quarterback and have him go on a 98-yard drive. And, you know, Chad Henney, who's a veteran in this league, they kind of had a different offense for Chad, right? It was so much of what we see in Andy Reid and openers are in the red zone where it's a ton of motion pre-snap and it's a lot of different formations and they give the defense a lot to consider. And then when Patrick came back in, it was more of what we've been used to. It was as if Patrick had not been hurt. It was a little bit more stagnant. It was still reliant on him moving around and making some plays. And so I wonder with a week's time to prepare, if we'll see more of that stuff done to help Patrick Mahomes, who mobility-wise is going to have to check himself a little bit. And that's a difficult thing for a guy who's so used to being able to rely on that. In some ways, he's got to check himself the way maybe you could say Joe Burrow, who, who as you said earlier, uh, that he had to show restraint at that moment and not keep going deep over and over again. And we'll have to see the same from uh, from Patrick Mahomes. On, uh, on the other side, or sort of about the NFC Championship game, but what's the bigger story today, Mike? Is it the 49ers beating Dallas, or is it everything surrounding Dak Prescott? Uh, I mean, listen, they're the Cowboys, so it's probably the Cowboys. I think people weren't surprised that the 49ers went and pulled that game off, right? They were the favorites. They've been one of the best rosters in the NFL all season long. The Brock Purdy story has been legitimately incredible. That's some Disney movie stuff. But I think for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, it's interesting because, and you guys know this, the way we all cover sports, it's become so 24-7, so 365 We're always looking for the big solution. We always want to know who we need to fire, who's the big signing we need to go out and make. It's a lot harder when you're close and you're very good and there's not a ton left to do. Like, yes, could the Cowboys be more aggressive, like their NFC East counterpart in the Philadelphia Eagles with some moves that they make? Sure, but they had a pretty good offensive line that kept that clean for the most part that they can continue to build around. They've got a defense with Micah Parsons, who's going to be a Defensive Player of the Year nominee for probably the next five or six years, and that side of the ball that held up its end of the bargain. And you've got a quarterback in Dak Prescott, who more often than not is a top-ten quarterback in this league, and more often than not is a big reason why you're doing high-level winning. And so with that core in place, you've got some additions to make. You've got some tweaks and certainly some things with the salary cap that you're going to have to reckon with. But overall, I don't know if there are massive sweeping changes. I don't think you should fire Mike McCarthy. You're certainly not going to move on from Dak Prescott. And so what you're left with is a very good team that's got to figure out how to be great while they watch their counterpart in the division do it yet again in the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike, that is a fantastic answer, but on a Wednesday, that is a horrible answer. The correct answer is they need to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady and get this done and get it done now. Fire Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott is basically Kurt Cousins with a better PR agent. That's how you answer that question on a Wednesday. Man, see, you know what? This is what's happened. I've gone soft becoming a podcaster now where I'm allowed to sit here and deep dive. I'm forgetting my roots as a sports talk radio guy. That was a masterclass right there. I'm fired up now. Burn it all to the ground here. And you know what? Sign Zeke Elliott to an even bigger contract. Jerry Jones, 
double down. Don't let people tell you how to spend your money. Who cares if Tony yeah. Pollard was infinitely more successful? Sign Zeke again, nose rings forever, jumping in the Red Bull, all the good stuff. I love it. The oldest coat or the oldest owner with the oldest quarterback. And coming up next, why the Tony Pollard injury was good for Dallas. You're listening. No, anyway, um, uh, as we uh, as we end <laughs> as we end this, I, I want to get you, uh, get you, Mike. If you can tell me how I should feel, I'll give you two options. Should I be angry or should I feel old? And here's the reason why I'm asking you this. My producer, who is 20 years old, I asked him, name one Al Pacino movie. He said Goodfellas. Should I be angry or should I just feel old? Oh, this is the answer is always old. Now, again, for the air, you should be angry. You should spend the yeah. beginning of every segment taking calls, having people tell yeah. this 20-year-old why they're so wrong. It's my favorite yes. pastime in radio is getting a young producer, getting a young board op, a young PA, and reminding them how much better things were when I was their age. But, no, Hell it yeah. should make you feel old. Every day I feel older and older watching. And, honestly, it's watching guys, you know, Joey Porter Jr. being draft eligible now. Oh, I was just no. looking up about Bradshaw's kids. The, the Virginia what? Tech is a wide receiver. Yeah, we got Arch Manning coming up in the ranks. It's just really difficult to try and process all this. So the answer is old, but again, don't let that stop you from the content thing. Again, we're sports talk radio. We're going to burn that young person to the ground. Absolutely. And then I'm going to segue into why millennials are all soft and you need to put the avocado toast down and you need to pick up a VHS copy of Casablanca and go watch some classic movies back from the day. Hey, Mike. Always appreciate everyone out there listening. Go check out the Gojo Show podcast. It's easy to spell. It's easy to find. It's great. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Golick Jr. Uh, always appreciate Mike. Enjoy this weekend's games, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to talk soon about which coach most needs to be fired. There we go. We'll be ready to burn it all down next week. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, take care. That is Mike Golick Jr., former offensive lineman in the NFL and, of course, and Notre Dame. And, yeah, just a great broadcaster, whether it was on ESPN Radio and on his podcast now. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we do it each and every Wednesday. It is this or that, and that is coming up next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy-O, now you got to let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Homer, please don't make me choose between my man and my god, because you just can't win. There you go again, always taking someone else's side. Flanders, the water department, god. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. We do it every Wednesday. It's called This or That. It's a completely new construct to the radio industry, where the host is giving two options. He's only allowed to pick one. Producer Josh, what do you got? Okay, Matt, here we go. I've been yeah. ripped the entire show apart for not yes, yes. watching an Al Pacino movie. No, 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 for not being able to name one. For and, not being naming, able to name one. Yes. We yes. have to clarify that. Yeah. yeah. So of his movies that he stars yeah. in, are you yeah. going with the good good father route? The good Sorry. father? Or do you mean the godfather? Oh my lord. <laughs> Oh my lord! Just Look, I, I just got the Goodfellas and Godfather things. <laughs> this is getting worse. Why am I you trying? You mangle them together. Okay, let's let's okay. do this again. The, okay. okay, yeah. Would you rather turn on Scarface or The Godfather? Oh, Godfather! 
A hundred times out of a hundred. Scarface is a little, uh, it's actually overrated, and it is weird that most of the Cuban roles are played by Caucasians. But from just a movie perspective, Godfather, far superior. Okay, hot take. I would rather watch Godfather 3. That is an underrated movie. Texas at 10.50.50, Godfather 3. I say underrated. I'd rather watch Godfather 3 than uh, than Scarface. <laughs> okay, Matt. Who's hurting yeah. more? There's yeah. been reports that the Los Angeles Clippers are interested in Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet. Yep. Or are you more upset that Rory McIlroy and Patrick Reed? So let me, let, me, let me reframe that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Clippers being interested in Lowry and Van Vliet, yes. or McElroy throwing a T at Patrick Reed. Yeah. Who's more upset, Patrick Reed or Raptors fans? Oh, it's uh, it's Patrick Reed. It is Patrick Reed a hundred times. The uh, Patrick Reed, what a dingbat! Is that going up and trying to talk to to Roy McElroy after he found out that they served Rory a subpoena on Christmas Eve? Bleep you, Patrick Reed. Uh, this is me more now just getting wanting to get angry at Patrick Reed. By the way, I have no – as a Raptor fan, I totally get what the Clippers are doing. There is no professional team in the NBA under more pressure to win than the Clippers. They got rid of all their picks. They got rid of Shea Gilgis-Alexander to bring in Paul George, which would have brought in Kawhi Leonard. They go all in. They've made one Western Conference Finals. They haven't – but beyond that, they've done very little, and they're barely 500 this year. That is a sign of plagiarism. That's what it seems like to me. They want all Raptors talent, and they want to yep. go far into the playoffs. That's what, that's what it seems like to me. I know. Then they're going to trade with the Heat for Kyle Lowry. That'd be a weird thing. <laughs> so around the social media world, the menace yeah. to the game has become a trend. Huh? And when I talk oh. about menaces to sports, we think of two names. We think of Patrick Beverly, who yep. was fighting with his old teammate, Kawhi Leonard. Or Eli Apple going at Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, and putting it in their face after they lost the divisional round game in Buffalo. So who's more of a menace to the game, Patrick Beverly or Eli Apple? It is Patrick Beverly for body of work. Patrick Beverly has been doing this for years and years and years. And, I mean, really hasn't won anything. At least Eli Apple is still out there. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Patrick Beverly. If I have to choose one or the other, and neither one of them are good, I'm taking uh, Patrick Beverly's the bigger uh, the bigger menace. You, you can make a case for for any of them. Like yeah. the way they get mad at each other, get mad at their teammates and yeah. oh my gosh, like it's you can't get by them. Oh my gosh, and both defenders of yeah. their prime. So Yeah. Come on. They have so many similarities. I love that comparison. Patrick Mahomes. Got to play some audio here, Matt. There's an update from Patrick Mahomes himself on his ankle injury, and I'll ask you the question, but I wanted to get this audio out there. Yeah. Um, I'm doing good, you know. AFC Championship week, ready to go. How's the ankle? It's doing good, you know. I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out and uh, see where I'm at, but uh, it's feeling good so far. Feeling good so far. Those are the comments from Patrick Mahomes on his ankle. Who has more stress right now? Andy Reid or Zach Taylor? After hearing those comments. Um, I am going to say Zach Taylor 
because the this entire game is about the health of uh, this entire game is about the health of that ankle. Also, what we've seen is that after that press conference, he did walk off without a walking boot, without any sort of limp whatsoever. So I'm going to go. Uh, the one more pre- feeling feeling it more was the coach of the Bengals. Hmm. Very solid. I would be nervous in either which way. Just oh, to yeah. know that my quarterback's going out there a little bit hobbled, or yeah. I'm facing arguably the MVP and the best quarterback in the world as of yeah. right now. Tough, tough decisions. One more here for you, Maddie. And yeah. the Raptors are going on an extended, extended pivotal road trip. Kings, yes, Warriors, are. Trailblazers, Suns, Jazz, Rockets, and Grizzlies. Won't be back home until February the 8th against the Spurs. And for our final this or that, for the situation the Raptors are in, would you call this pivotal or notable? Meaning, is this is this more of a pivotal stretch that this road trip could turn around the entire franchise and maybe a generation, or notable that they need to win? Oh, this is this is pivotal because when they return, they will be so close to the trade deadline. As we heard from Josh Lewenberg, Masai Ujiri is looking, searching for reasons and and hope and belief that this core should stay together. And that includes Fred Van Vliet in that core. So this is pivotal because, you know, Sacramento, not a great team. Not bad, not a great team. Same with Portland. Phoenix is struggling. Utah is, is doing too much winning, but not a great team. Houston is horrible. And the last time they faced Memphis, Memphis beat them up. This is one where the Raptors need to go. They need to have a winning record. They need to, at, at minimum, go 4-3, and three, maybe 5-2, and two, or else you could see some major changes. It's huge. Can you believe yeah. we're talking about the Sacramento Kings, who are third in the Western Conference? Yeah. Quickly before we go, rapid fire. Yeah. The Irishman or House of Gucci? Uh, the Irishman, but only because I haven't seen House of Gucci. Kit Kat or Coffee Crisp? Kit Kat. Mm. M&M's? Smarties? Smarties! Canada's own Smarties! Take that, M&M's, with all your offensive or not offensive or woke or not woke um, uh, uh, creatures and characters. One of those stories that gets way too much attention. Everyone yells for 48 hours, and then we move on with our life. What's worse to receive in a trick-or-treat basket, granola bars or raisins? Raisins. Okay. I couldn't have said that faster. <laughs> I could not have said that fa- I'd rather get punched. I'd rather get punched in the groin than be given raisins. Have you ever okay, gotten, like, a fruit? Like, in the trick-or-treating days, like, are you the people yeah. that, like, oh, I'm just going to throw, like, an apple in there or an orange yeah. to avoid the candy? Yeah. yeah. That's those not cool. Houses, those ha- no, it's not cool. Those hoses absolutely deserve to get egged. Um, good job by you. You struggled a little bit. I think you got thrown when you, instead of saying uh, the godfather, you said the good father. <laughs> it, it threw I me think, off the entire time. <laughs> it threw you off for that entire segment. The good father. The Good Father, you know, The Godfellas, and all those wonderful <laughs> movies. Hey, by the way, real quick, before we go to break, listen to First Up every weekday. Why? For the daily waste management keyword. If you hear it, be sure to tune into Overdrive that same day. When you hear the cue to call, call the studio, 416-870-1050. The first caller through with the correct keyword for that day wins a $100 Golf Town gift card and qualifies for the grand prize draw, where you're basically our unofficial correspondent at the Waste Management Open and 
Arizona. You get airfare. You get four-night stay. You get tickets for the closing weekend. You get another 500 bucks in cash, $500 Golf Town gift card, a custom full-bag fitting at Golf Town's Studio X. First up with Corona Kukliakova will be calling our grand prize winner on Friday, February 3rd. Full contest details at tsn1050.ca. On the other side, Eric Moody, fantasy sports writer for ESPN, is going to join us. And we will ask him, why do you got Pascal Siakam so low? And did you expect Scotty Barnes to be in the 70s? That's coming up next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 